Education of our children doesn't begin and end at academia. There is a spiritual responsibility on each parent and teacher to nurture and train a young soul spiritually. This is called Chinuch. Join Rabbi G every Monday at 2 p.m. as he explores education and Chinuch for parents and teachers. Torah isn't education, it's transformation. 101.9 We are back like we do every Monday between 2 to 3 where we discuss education. Uh, what's happening around the world? What's happening now? What's new? What do we need to deal with? What? How can we make the world a better place? How can we make ourselves better people? How can we influence our family, our friends, our community? And today, um, as you can see, the show started a bit late because there's a lot, a lot, a lot happening on the show in, in the community, in the world in general. And when we say influence the community, maybe it's not going to be that easy. Although it probably will be easy by keeping away from each other. Uh, but our families, wow, we're together, all of us enjoying the moment of being uh, with our full families. The kids are home. A majority of the schools have been shut down. Um, and I got to say, uh, just when we talk about the schools, if anyone has a slightly thought that uh, teachers and principals are resting, I could tell you from the interaction I've been having with the schools in the past day, they are working harder than they've ever done, uh, trying to put programs together, working, making things work, and actually really, really, really appreciate it. And a shout out to the schools. Uh, really, it's amazing what they have been doing and how much they've been doing and what the efforts, and I really hope they have uh, the plans working out soon, shortly, uh, like all the amazing things I've seen them work on. Time is limited and precious, so I'm going to go straight to the discussion we're going to have today, and it's not going to be an interview like we normally have. We normally have a dis- uh, discussion with a professional. It's actually going to be interactive, and Today in the discussion, I'd love to hear what you think as parents, because I got to say, one of the best tips today about what's happening, I've got some from parents, uh, or some of the best tips. So please feel free to send in your thoughts. The 34519 is the SMS line, or um, yeah, any way you'd like to uh, con- connect with us um, through SMS, if you'd like to call in, if you'd like to be in touch in any way, so 34519 is the SMS line, as I said, or Telegram 061-895-1019, or even if you want to call 0101403020, always invited, especially today that it's about dealing with the situation as a community. In the main discussion, I've brought two very, very busy, important professionals from the community that I know how busy they are, and it was a big uh, discussion about getting them, uh, but it's needed, and you know, it's beautiful to see how we're all putting ourselves aside to see what we can help for the community, so let's get right to it. Good afternoon, Heidi Baum and, my, and Mikey Steinhauser. Hi, Mikey. Hi. Hi. Okay, so you're both um, in the discussion here, and... Just to say, Heidi Bohm is a um, educational psychologist, well involved in the school system, in the programs, etc. And Mickey, you are an OT. Yes, I'm an OT. I work in um, in Fairmount area. Okay, so the main uh, 
You know, I, I, I want to start with this. Most parents, and this is a fascinating thing I'd say, most parents I spoke to yesterday started the conversation with oi. And a lot of parents today are feeling that, I don't know, maybe not a disaster like we thought it would be to be with the kids. Um, but then when I mentioned that to one of the parents, she said, we'll wait till tomorrow. So <laughs> what, let's start really, what are your thoughts, Haiti? So I think that it, I think I agree with you. A lot of chaos and panic yesterday when the schools were closed. But I think the reality is, is that we all have a responsibility to try and minimize the spread of this um, virus. And this is the responsible thing to do. And we're all about teaching our children responsibility and accountability. And this is a huge lesson in, in that we can show them about being responsible and accountable. Um, and I already don't think it's as bad as we're all planning and thinking it's going to be. I think a lot of schools are making huge efforts and strides towards um, setting up Google Classrooms or Zoom sessions or Skype sessions. Um, there's already been a lot of pulling together. I know at certain schools they've gone together today. The teachers are there putting together booklets for collection. If parents and families are in quarantine, other families will drop it off for them. So there is a lot that's going to be happening. And I think In quite a few of the not- schools, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that everybody is aware that this may be longer than than what we're anticipating. By the, I think the government said the 12th of April that it might be longer. But I think we will be equipped. I think that the schools are aware that there is a curriculum that needs to be get, gotten through and are doing everything in their power to to manage it. And I think as parents, we will have the responsibility of seeing that our children do it. And I think the challenge comes in with working parents where you're not there to supervise. Right. It. We'll, we'll get to, is. yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Okay. And that's why I want to hear from you more about, um, the balance between anxiety, anxious and the fear and also keeping everybody in the same house contained and happy and yeah. calm and working. But before that, Mickey, your thoughts? Thanks, Rabbi. So um, I think what's important, Heidi said a lot of what I'm thinking as well, but um, as OTs, we work a lot with the families, you know, just uh, all of our sensory kids that we see often, just keeping your routines calm, your routines normal, you know, not freaking out and not knowing what to do with your kids the whole day. Um, on Jewish Tobik Mommies, there was a wonderful lady. She's already set up a, a Facebook group and a WhatsApp group of all ideas and everyone's working together to give each all the other mummies ideas of what to do and they're amazing resources that we can all tap into. I know a lot of um, the online resources are open um, to help our kids throughout the day but I think what's important for us is um, as OTs is just to keep that routine you know nice and calm to give your kids good nutritional food and then to Bring in as much of the academics, be it the schoolwork, which hopefully um, we are going to get from the schools, but also um, to, you know, work on, especially if the kids are younger, they find motor, they gross motor, making sure they're not sitting in the, on the couch in front of the TV the whole day. So these are just important things that, yeah. We okay, so we'll get into the, the practical parts shortly. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you're saying about routine because I was spoke to the the most brilliant educator I've ever met and uh, think she's top of the range. I'm talking about my wife. And this morning when I left to work, I, I kind of expected some chaos throughout the day with all the kids home suddenly and getting everything organized and cleaning for Pesach and doing things and just everything there. Um, and then when I came right before the show, I stopped 
at home for a few minutes and I actually saw things were calm and, and it, it was amazing to see. And I was like, wow. And she said that she felt that, uh, the only real way to contain them is to try to stick to the school schedule. She made sure they ate when they normally ate at school. They davened when they normally daven. They did kind of similar activities, something along like that. And it worked. I'm just wondering, is it a thing about the routine and about that physically our bodies are used to some kind of routine or it's just structure? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, especially our younger kids, they're so routined and they, they so depend on their routine to feel safe and, you know, secure. And then, you know, that's the most important thing to do is just to keep it exactly the same to know, you know, that if they need to eat at nine o'clock when that's usually their snack time, give them the food so that their blood sugar doesn't drop, you know, just to keep it as calm as possible. And I think from the kids' side, they're all quite relieved that they're having this unexpected break. So I think that's why in the homes it is quite you know, Important everyone's quite to excited keep, uh, to have that break. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I want to add in is that structure and routine gives our children a sense of security. So it might be in a different environment, i.e. not school and your home, but it's very um, supportive and very calming in that they know and, and can anticipate what's happening. That gives them some sense of control, which I think is vitally important right now where everybody's feeling very out of control. This is something they can control. They'll know that they'll have their ring their music ring at this time or their math lesson at that time, break is at this time. I think that it's really important um, to give them that sense to ease some of the anxiety that our kids are feeling, which we can't control, but giving them structures and routine as parents, we definitely can control. Right. So let me ask you, because we're discussing, and as I said, we're going to get to it uh, quickly, is about anxiety and keeping a calm house and controlled. So on the one hand, we want them to know what's happening. And on the other hand, we want to keep them calm, contained, but also cautious and knowing what's happening. Where do you see the balance between the two? And right before you answer, I'm just going to remind anybody who's uh, listening, please, please, the parents' input is so important here. What do you think about keeping a balance of information and of um, calm and security? 34519 is the SMS line. 061-895-1019 is Telegram. Or even feel free to call in 010-140-3020. So, Heidi, how do we keep that balance? So I think it's very age-dependent as per any information that we give children. I think it needs to be targeted at what they can understand and what they can see. There's some really nice um, video slides going on and some experiments that I think have been very calming to show children. Um, I forwarded some slides and videos to a lot of my, to all of my clients. Um, and they actually thanked me, the kids this morning, the ones that I saw said, Oh, it was so nice. Now I understand what a corona is and I don't have to be scared. Um, so I think it's important that we target the message carefully without creating chaos. I think what's really, really important is to explain that it, that there is a chance people that we know will get it, as we know there have been members in our community who have been affected, but that it's like getting a flu, any other sort of flu, um, and that we will get better. I feel like that's the, the, the part that's really making children the most anxious. They feel that this is fatal, and it's really not. It's flu, and we will get better. Um, I think there was a video message that Gary Swayden, the first um, cli- um, 
Jewish man who got Corona. Um, there's a video circulating, and he looks healthy and he looks well. I think for older children, it's good to show them that video, to show them he has tangible evidence of somebody who's had Corona but is doing well, Baruch Hashem. And that, I think that's very, very important. With the little kids, I think basic information, and I hope that anyway we've been teaching them good hygiene and good health practices throughout just to maintain that. And I think to have open conversations with your children. I think when it's close and daggers, that's when they become very fearful. But when we're open and we discuss openly and honestly what's going on and answer their questions honestly, that's how we curve their anxiety. Are we not hitting a state of too much information? Um I think we have to be careful, again, with the older children where they are maybe more exposed to social media and things like that. There has been a lot of false information being given out. And I think that um, it's a practice that I always maintain, that if kids have a question, ask your parents. Your parents are the people who will um, give you the right information, who will share appropriate information with you who will tell you what's false and what's not in an honest and open manner. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, keep your communication channels open with your children so that they can ask you, um, so that we can gauge. There, there is, there's a lot of fear. A lot of the older kids are very afraid because they've heard this and they've seen this on the news and their friends said, I think that's the danger. And just open communication between parents and children will curve all of that. Right. Hopefully. So I, I would, it, yeah, and I think that we need to look at some, some isolation of information for us and for our kids. I'm, I'm finding adults being anxious about, it. I, I feel like I'm in a three minute circulation. Every three minutes on average, I will get one joke, one important information, and one fake news all in the same three minutes. It's like, if, if I didn't get to the three in three minutes, something's wrong. I don't know, maybe <laughs> Corona affected so badly and, and, and I'm the only one left. I don't know. It's just getting too Absolutely. much. And, and, Absolutely. yeah, it's completely out of hand. I, I, I want to ask, um, Mikey, um, have, how, what are you, what are your thoughts and are there tools you can give us for parents, uh, having these conversations that are more stressful while using body movement, exercise, things that will, calm them physically and maybe the kids will have a more open and calm demeanor to hear about what we have to say. Yeah, so for sure, I mean, we know from the OT theory that um, movement and the term we use often is proprioception, which is that deep pressure sense is very calming for all children, all adults. Often when we stress that as adults, we go and we run or do some sort of physical movement to make ourselves feel calm. And I think how much more so at the moment with our children, um, we can see the importance the importance of the movement and keeping them busy and keeping, you know, them going and, um, at, yeah, just to keep them modulated and regulated and just so that they feel calm because, again, in the theory, there's such a huge connection between the, you know, feeling safe and happy in your body and um, feeling and when you're feeling anxious, how all of that gets thrown out the window. So I do definitely think that um, the movement is incredibly important. And it doesn't have to be like gym sessions per se, but it can just be tight hikes or, um, you know. So what could it be? Maybe on a practical level, what would you recommend parents to kind of put into the daily routine? Okay, so there are a few things that we can put in. So, um, you know, you could do that like physical exercise, sort of a yoga um 
or or like almost like an obstacle course in your house that you could set up to give them that um, movement. And then um, throughout the day, just to make sure that they're not, you know, they're not just sitting and, I don't know, I think a lot of children at the moment are watching TV. So to just make sure that they're having their time, be it just on perceptual games or coloring if they're a bit younger. There are lots of very easy crafts that you can do with just cutting and pasting, and these are very easily accessible all over the Internet um, just to keep them busy. It doesn't have to necessarily be physical activity, but very important to get their brains and, um, you know, everything else stimulated. Okay. And then, yeah. So you're saying that not necessarily that um, it's only the physical activity that's important, although it is quite important. I mean, uh, I'm not so worried about obstacle course. I mean, with I know yeah. all the kids I have at home, my house is is an obstacle course. That's not a problem at all. <laughs> but, uh, however, you're saying any stimulation, drawing, yeah. playing, yes. any, any communication any, is yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, yeah, any anything that you have in your house that will keep your kids actively engaged. So be it um, visual perceptual games, as I said, puzzles, um, you know, those like sort of boxes with the games where like spotting the differences or building construction sort of activities where they have to copy um, like almost Lego from a pattern and reconstruct it. Anything that will keep their brains active is the most important. As long, I mean, obviously the physical side is important, but just to keep them you know, going throughout the day that they, they're being stimulated. I think that's really the most important. And then towards the end of the day, if you are finding that your children are a little bit, you know, have pent up energy, sorry, if they have pent up energy or have excess um, energy to get out, then, you know, then there's times like to do massage or um, give them deep hugs to just calm them down before before they go to sleep, having that quiet time and, you know, just getting everyone re-regulated before, before bed better. Okay, so we do need to take a short ad break. And when we come back, uh, I want to hear more about the practicals of the massages, etc. And then also a bit more talk to um, Haiti as well regarding actually getting... Um, the positive parts of it um, as well, because I kind of feel that um, everybody should have something. People are saying, no, we have this solution, that solution, and things, and we're not, nobody's standing back and saying, hey, parents, it's not so bad. We can manage with our kids for f- a few days. Um, or not. We'll hear from the professionals right after the break. Um, in the, yeah, the, in the meantime, we're in the very, in the middle of a very interesting discussion with Heidi Bohm, uh, clinical psychologist, and Mickey Steinhauer, uh, OT, and we will be right back after the break. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 Hi FM, we are back in the middle of a very interesting discussion with um, psychologist, clinical psychologist Heidi Bohm, and with Mickey Steinhauer, Steinhauser, sorry, um, OT. And we are just talking about uh, making sure we have a calm and safe environment, the balance between uh, everything. And obviously, any thoughts you have about that and 
parents because you're in the field, you're doing it. Please share with us any ideas you have for other parents that could be beneficial. We all need each other's support for what's beneficial. 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is Telegram or call in 0101403020. Before we continue in this discussion, just a quick um, announcement. This scam has another customer benefit just for you. Total Fuel Rewards. Simply swipe your Discam benefit card when you're paying for your fuel at Total and you earn 10 benefit points for every liter of fuel you buy. Fuel up at Total. Earn and spend it at Discam. Benefit points at Total only from Discam pharmacist who, who care. Okay. So, uh, right before the break, we spoke about how we are very busy calming everybody down uh, and actually giving ideas to entertain the kids, to keep a schedule, to make sure everything's in control, that we're not going over the edge with anxiety. Um, now, I'd like to continue with this discussion together with Heidi Bohm and Mickey Steinhauser. Um, how do we actually turn this into a positive? Let's look at these days and say, okay, you know, we always look back... Um, when we're busy, uh, what are the times we have with our kids? So these are the times. What can we use this time for? Heidi. So I think that it is we all going to be definitely um, more available to one another. And I think that can be a beautiful experience where we really get to get come together and share as a family, make things work um, as part of the routines, depending, I think, on how many children you have in the situation. They can either be working separately or at a dining room table. I think break time should try and be um, joint where, you know, siblings don't necessarily get to have their snacks or their lunches together and to be together and to, um, in those break times, go outside, go into the garden, go on the trampoline or the jungle gym or kick a ball or play netball or whatever it is that you can do, you know, amongst the children. And I think that as parents, we we often shaft the responsibility of education onto a school, um, whereas I've got a few voice notes today and I've given a chumash lesson, which I've never done in my life. Um, but it's good. It's good to really engage and really deeply understand what is happening in your child's day um, when you're entrenched in it. And I have to say, it's it's quite amazing that, you know, when when you're learning with your child and your child is teaching you at some point, it really is a very enriching experience. And I think notice notice that and make it known to your child that you value you, that they taught you something. Um, it's empowering, and I think it's a wonderful building and growth experience to build in your relationship with your child. Um, I think that, yeah, it's day one. I'm not sure, like, if we have this discussion in a few weeks, but I do foresee siblings maybe starting to be a bit irritable with each other because they are used well, to being away from each other. Erev Pesach, what could go wrong? <laughs> nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, we've also got lots, lots of little helpers, and I think that kids need to become part of the Pesach preparation in a more real way. Um, you know, once their schoolwork is done and they're old enough, and certain kids, depending on the age, can take on certain responsibilities, and how much ownership will they have of your Seder when they've prepared a new game or they've prepared a little skit or play that they can 
like you share at the Saida. Um, and I think that, you know, we don't really have the excuse of extramurals and blonde school days. We have that opportunity where we can make it a really special um, Pesach. Um, that, w- that they actually that made and, and built. Yeah. And, and you they, know, yeah, I just got to add to what you're saying, and I think it's amazing because uh, the way it's going, I'm, it looks like this is going to be something that our kids will remember forever. Like, you remember the time of the end of the term when we thought we'll have exams or whatever, and suddenly they shut down schools, and it was amazing, and we were home, and, and they, we just had the longest holiday ever, and it, that's their yeah. memories. And I think it's so yeah. important in our hands. Are they going to carry these memories forever as pleasant memories or not? And I'm not here to scare the parents. Um, <laughs> however, Absolutely. it is something very important. Absolutely. I think it can be a really building and enriching experience where they've had an extended amount of time with their siblings. And if parents are working, I think that it's a very different dynamic when the parent is out of the situation and the kids have to pull together and figure it out and maybe make lunch or snacks for each other or play an older sibling, play a game with the younger sibling or teach their younger sibling something. Again, I think there's so much empowerment that can come through this experience. And I do believe it's up to us to make this not a dreaded, oh, gosh, can you remember the time when the corona hit us? It should be like, how awesome was that time? How much did we gain from it? How much did we experience? And I think that lies in our hands. And do we provide fantastic art and crafts activities and buy them a new game or a new puzzle or something that they can tangibly hold on to. Often memories of young children are attached to something. So it's the time we got a new volleyball net or whatever it is. Um, I think we should try yeah, and go out amazing. of to make so, it exciting. Right. So let me hear from um, Mickey. What are, what are the um, what are I have to say that I'm, I'm about to ask you a question, and as I ask the question, when a, mes- a, a message comes in with the exact questions, probably put it in a better way. Uh, so thanks for the message, Ian. Um, please ask Mickey if she could recommend activities we could do with our children at home. And okay. I take it he means activities that you can't uh, download from an app store. So it's actually. Um, and just one second before you answer, not only he yeah. sent another message, not to, not only to keep the kids busy but so they don't regress and lose the progress they have made in OT until now. Okay, so thanks, Rabbi. I was going to say it's very fortuitous that you invited me on here today because I was actually finalizing a program which I'm going to be selling off my website, which is mickeytalby.coza. And what this program is going to include, it's going to include all... um, the actual tangible activities that you will need, as well as worksheets that will stimulate the children for different age groups. So um, basically, this program um, will give, and it doesn't have to necessarily be done by parents, it can be done by older siblings or um, helpers at home. It will be, in a way, as you say, stimulating for the kids, keeping up with their gross, fine motor perceptual skills that they'll need for their age, um, and then... You know, giving them that, as we were talking before, that stimulation that they, they need and also so that they don't regress. And as we discussed before, I, I presume the schools are also going to be giving us some input. So, um, right, that would be amazing. That, so yeah, that, can you um, give us a, an example of one game that we can use practically? Okay, so, so very, I mean, everything that I'm going to include in my box are just household. 
household items that you have. So, for example, you Play-Doh is one of the most fantastic things that you can do with your kids. Um, so basically a ball of Play-Doh, a pair of scissors. Um, yeah, it's endless depending on their age. So for the little ones, you can work on their hand strength with their rolling the Play-Doh um, into snakes or into black balls and cutting the snakes up with the scissors. Um, that's all working on their, you know, their scissor skills, on their strengthening. Um, you can even stick like other items working on their pincer grip, like marbles or little beads into the putty or Play-Doh for them to find. Um, as you got, get older, the, the next, like the four or five-year-olds who are learning to write their numbers they or their, or their, their first names, they can make the Play-Doh into snakes and form the snakes into one, two, three or their, their name. So, I mean, what I'm trying to do through my program is just use everyday items I'm going to supply them in my box, but if everyday items that are very easy um, to access, but also very easy for any anyone to do with the kids at home, just to to keep up with all the skills that they oh. would be doing at school. Oh, that's amazing! And then, yeah, we can use this concept as well. Uh, we do need to take another short ad break. When we come back, um, we'll give us all the information how to go onto your website, as well as Heidi. Another question came in, but we'll answer after the break. Um, and I know we spoke about it already in the show, but I think it's important. Um, my my son is afraid of the coronavirus. It's is going through anxiety, what can we do? Uh, what can a mother do for her, her child? Uh, but first, a short ad break, and we will be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9, we are back in the middle of a fascinating discussion with Heidi Bohm, um, educational psychologist, and Mickey Steinhauser, um, OT, and right before the break, we ended off with um, a question from a listener um, that we did deal with earlier in the show, but I guess it's important again. Um, and she writes like this. Let me just find it exactly. Um, okay, too, a lot of SMSs coming in, so um, so should I find the words? Basically, was that the child is under anxiety? Here we go. Thank you, Craig. Hi, thank you for a great show. Yes. Yeah, so a question that came in. Um, Hi, thank you for a great show. What should I do with my child is very scared of the virus. Um, so I'm very happy to make available the slides that we've had that are very basic and explain it really beautifully. I'm happy to make that available um, for the kids to see. But again, I think it's to speak to your child and depending on how old a child is, give them the relevant amount of information. I think what's very, very crucial and relevant is that that they are in control to the point of that they can maintain good hygiene, washing their hands, sanitizing, keeping a distance, coughing into their elbow or sneezing into their elbow, and reassuring them that it is just like getting another form of flu, that it isn't fatal, nobody's going to, you know, pass away, um, and just maintaining calm. I think also parents need to be aware if your radio is on in the car or you're watching a news broadcast or something, you know, if your child is young and can't fully comprehend, they're only going to pick up on the negative and the small bits. So be aware of the discussions you have. If somebody comes into your home and they're frantic, 
take your children away from that situation. Um, I think the hysteria is caused by other people's hysteria. And I think that's our, one of our biggest things to combat now is to not not give into the panic, but to fight the panic and just to remain factual on what it is that is happening and to speak to your children um, children who are predisposed to being anxious and, and have that sort of personality are going to cordon onto this and become more anxious around it. Um, if speaking to parents is not enough, then I think professional help is needed. Sometimes even though parents say the same message, when you go to somebody else, an outsider, a professional, it gives credence to what your parents have really just said 310 times already. Um, yeah, but, but what I do they know? <laughs> what do our parents know? Um, but I do think that don't don't let your child's anxieties go crazy over this because it is going to be for a while. And um, if you if you're picking up on signs of anxiety that they're becoming more paranoid about their health or their hygiene, or you see them excessively involving and things like that, disruptions in their sleep patterns, and maybe disruptions in their how they're eating more aggressive, less aggressive, more hyperactive or very hypoactive. I think those are signs either to speak to your medical doctor, seek um, medical opinion, or to get in contact with a psychologist or social worker um, and see what's going on. Even to the schools, the, the principals or heads of departments will be able to help you. But I don't think let things slide because you don't want it to escalate to a point where we're dealing with major anxiety when it could be something that can be addressed very quickly and lay to rest. Okay, well, amazing. Um, Mikey, just for you, can you give us in 30 seconds, literally because we're over time already, um, a quick um, calming massage we can do and then your website where people can find more information. Sorry, Rabbi, a quick calming... A quick massage for kids' anxiety. Oh, okay. Um, so what I like to tell my parents is um, to use, like, the baby powder if, you, if you're happy to use it or lotion. Um, often a lot of the essential oils, like lavender, is very calming. So to just massage, um, we always say not their tummies because that's very sensitive, but their backs, their arms, their legs, in... And press when you do the massage, do long strokes, which is very like deep pressure. So you're like pressing it into their body, and that's giving them that proprioceptive input, which is very calming for them. Um, yeah, and that's that would Amazing. be the best. And thank. Okay, and your website again? Somebody asked. Thank you. It's Mickey Talby, M I K K I T A U B Y dot Posa. Okay. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Heidi Bohm and Mickey Steinhauer. And in the meantime, until the next show, uh, just everybody keep calm, keep safe, do something good, and we will be back next week for another great show. Thank you, Craig, for all the work. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for the guest. And, yeah, keep well.